You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. The 15th uh, century church uh, was filled with Christmas carols that were uh, oftentimes, I'd say, dark and sad and somber. And so uh, the people decided it was time to write their own carols that were filled with a lot more hope. And one of those carols uh, came to know as God rest ye merry gentlemen. Not a lot is known about the origin of this song. It did first appear in a printed version in 1760. The familiar lyrics ring out at the beginning, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. And, and even uh, Charles Dickens uh, references this song uh, in his uh, pretty famous story, The Christmas Carol. Um, a poor caroler is confronted by Ebenezer Scrooge, he says. Foggier yet and colder, piercing, searching, biting cold. The good St. Dunson had nipped the evil spirit's nose with the touch of such a weather as that. Instead of using his familiar weapons, then indeed he would have roared with a lusty purpose. The owner of one scant young nose gnawed and mumbled by the hungry cold as bones are gnawed by dogs. Stooped down at Scrooge's keyhole to regale him with a Christmas carol. But at the first sound of God rest you merry gentlemen, may nothing you dismay. Scrooge seized the ruler with such energy of action that the singer fled in terror, leaving the keyhole in the fog and even more congenial for us. A song filled with hope of the birth of Christ, a song reminding us that there is real rest in Christ this Christmas, and yet, like so many, we don't even want to hear it. And yeah, we joke and call people a Scrooge when they don't like some of the Christmas traditions, but the real Scrooge is a man or woman that hears the hope and rest of Christ and then kicks the message out in the cold. Friends, um, I know y'all are tired. I know y'all are overwhelmed tonight. I see the heaviness on your face and I, I notice the sad tone of your voice. So many are exhausted, tired of carrying the world's problems, tired of carrying your family's drama, tired of carrying your own struggles. And so I guess the question is, how long are you going to carry that and then ignore the rest that you can have in Christ? How long are you going to dismay when Christ is offering you real hope in real rest this Christmas. It doesn't have to be that way. There is a message that echoes across the ages from a prophet named Isaiah that it doesn't have to be that way. There is a, a message that God can offer you and I rest in this Christmas season and really every season. There is a message about 
God clothing himself in flesh and entering into our reality and becoming a servant and becoming the rest that we all actually crave in our lives. Let me show you in Isaiah 53 uh, that we will study this morning. Isaiah 53, if you have a digital Bible, I'll read out of the ESV. If you don't have anything, it's all in the bulletin. Um, But before we study the text together, let's pray. God, we, we want to gather in honesty. Not, not come together with brothers and sisters in Christ that are supposed to have our back, that love us, that care for us, that pray for us, and then pretend like everything in our, our life is fine. As if we're not tired. As if we haven't had a hard week. God, we, we come before you in honesty. Too often overwhelmed and too often exhausted and too often having no idea what it means to rest. God, teach us in this prophecy from Isaiah. God, give us understanding from the text. God, change my heart and my mind. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. We'll only go through the first uh, six verses this morning. Isaiah 53, we'll start in verse 1. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root of dry ground. And he had no form or majesty that we should look at him. And no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. We esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. And yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The question in your notes is, how can I rest in Christ this Christmas? That is our question for the next three gatherings as we study Isaiah 53. Really, it's just a, a small three-part study. We'll look at three points today. I'll give us one point on Christmas Eve. I'll give you your, your last two points on Christmas Day. How can I rest in Christ this Christmas? Here's point one. Rest in His strength. Strength. Isaiah 1.1 introduces us to the prophet Isaiah. This is uh, chapter 1, verse 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So we know that he is the son of Amos. We just don't know who that guy is. 
But Isaiah is prophet during the days of four kings of Judah. It's listed there in verse 1. It dates uh, Isaiah somewhere between 783 B.C. to 686 B.C. A prophet to Judah around 60 years of upheaval and turmoil among God's people. We've been studying 1 Samuel uh, for 11 weeks, but we're jumping ahead for this Christmas series. So past Samuel, past Saul, past David, past Solomon, we land in the future in the text where Israel is a divided kingdom with divided kings. So you have Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And so as stated, Isaiah, he's prophet for Judah in the south. And God's people have been slammed by the enemies of the Assyrians and the Babylonians. Simply, uh, things are not going well. And they haven't been going well uh, for quite some time. What news will Isaiah have for the people? What, what hope and rest is there for a people that have been turned upside down? Well, it's the same news that we need to hear today. The news about the God-man that has come to save. And so Isaiah, he launches us into the text today with two questions in verse 1 of chapter 53. Who has believed what he has heard from us? Many of you all have grown up in and around church. So many of us have heard this story over and over and over again. Like you don't come to hear a Christmas series and hear about and come to expect to hear about anyone other than Jesus, nor should you. So it's not a matter of like, who has heard what the preachers have been saying every December? No, the question is, who has believed what he has heard? Second question, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord specifically referencing the strength of the Lord. I'll prove it in Isaiah 51 verse 9. Awake, awake, put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the days of old, the generations of long ago. Was it not you who cut Rahab in pieces and who pierced the dragon? How Has the strength of the Lord not, like has it not been revealed to you? And you might be thinking, well, I don't know. I mean, what does that even mean? That the strength of the Lord has been revealed to me in 2022? The text is going to show us in verse 2. For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a dry, or like a root out of dry ground. Don't you see it? The strength is not just an event or a theological concept, the strength of the Lord is a person named Christ Jesus. Isaiah 11, starting in verse 1, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his root shall bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he, his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. 
But the righteous he shall judge the poor. Side the equity of the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist. And faithfulness the belt of his loins. Isaiah is prophesying the coming Christ. He will come like a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Jesse being uh, King David's father. Jesus will be the true and final king of the Davidic line. So Jesus grew up like a tender and young plant. Born of a virgin and placed in a feeding trough for animals. Doesn't scream strength to me. Born in Bethlehem, a, a small farming town without much influence. Doesn't, doesn't scream strength to me. All right, well, maybe, maybe Jesus grew up to be handsome and powerful. Verse 2 and 3 go on to say, For he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. For men hid their faces and esteemed him not. Doesn't scream strength to me. Friends, the Christmas story is a story of strength in all of the most unusual ways. It wasn't just a baby that was born, but the king. It wasn't just a child that grew up, but the king. And it wasn't just a man that was very normal looking and despised and rejected, but the king. Jesus came to us with no visible strength. And yet he is the arm of the Lord. He is our strength because he is Christ. He is our strength just because he is. Like how, how terribly we get that wrong today. Like we need to fancy up our church Christmas programs in hopes that people will see Christ. As if we need to act like a, a cool church so we can reach the lost. Cool Christianity is false Christianity. It doesn't re represent Christ. It represents self. Cool Christianity is an attempt to be strong by outward appearance and inward applause. It doesn't work because it's not Isaiah 53. It's not Jesus. It's not the story of Christmas. The reason why you don't feel strong enough this morning to handle what you're dealing with right now is because you're not. If Christ didn't find strength in his appearance and the approval of others, why would we? Here's the truth. Christ didn't need to find anything as if he lost it or was looking for it. Christ is strength, which means the only strength that you and I need to be looking for this Christmas is Christ. Ephesians 6.10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Yeah, you may not have the nicest clothes. 
You may not have the biggest house. You may not be the best looking guy or gal in town. You may not have many friends. You may just be trying to keep your head above the water. And yet, if you find Christ, you find strength. You and I um, mentioned this maybe in the fall. We, we, we keep waiting for a slower season. Keep waiting uh, for reprieve from our burdens and troubles. We keep searching for something to get us through another day, and that something was lying in a manger in Bethlehem. Like a young plant, a root in dry ground, rest in his strength. Stop carrying what you were never meant to carry. Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's the word? Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart. You will find rest for your souls. My, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Have you not believed in the arm of the Lord that's been revealed to you? How can I rest in Christ this Christmas? Two, rest in his peace. His peace. So yeah, it is impossible uh, to celebrate the Christmas story without the cross of Christ in view. It was not the will of God for Jesus to be born so we could open presents on Christmas morning. It was the will of God for Jesus to to be born so that he might die. Yeah, there's, there's only one way to peace, and that's through the cross. It's even what the angels declared to the shepherds that night that Jesus was born. This is Luke 2, verse 12, from the Christmas story, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. Don't don't miss what the angels actually said. Peace is not promised to everyone by the angels. Peace is only promised to whom God is pleased. Meaning Jesus came to offer us peace between us and this holy God. Jesus came to offer us peace by his birth and his death and his resurrection so that God would be pleased with us through him. That is what Isaiah is declaring to God's people in verses 4 through 5. Surely Christ has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely. He's smitten, stricken, afflicted. Surely Christ was born our sins. Even though we whipped him and spit on him and hung him on a cross. Even though he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities. Christ was born to take our punishment and our wounds. And then offer us peace and healing. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake, he, Christ, made him to be sin, 
who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's the Christmas story. That is what the angels declare, that the child was born to offer us peace with God through his death and resurrection. Meaning we spend like the majority of the energy in our life seeking and searching for temporary bargain aisle peace. So whether that's money or relationships or sex or homes or cars or education or sports or whatever you've got going on this morning, you fill in the blank. Temporary bargain aisle peace. And here's the worst part. You can get all of it and it not be enough. It's the reason you buy toys and still feel empty. It's the reason why you got the new job and still feel miserable. It's the reason you moved into a new relationship and still feel lonely. It's temporary bargain aisle peace. Because what you and I really need is not peace in this world, but peace with God through Christ. Because even if it all fails, right? Even if the relationship doesn't work out. Even if the job doesn't last. Even if the body stops working. Even if we didn't get the news that we wanted to hear. Even if we find ourselves more alone than we ever realized. Even if it all fails. Even then we can rest in his peace. Because Jesus is enough. He is and always will be enough. This is Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. To which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. I, I do wonder what's... If you want to know, like, why, why don't I have peace this morning? I guess the question would be, well, what's ruling in your heart right now? How can I find rest in Christ this Christmas? Here's point three. Um, rest in his atonement. His atonement. Finally, Isaiah shows us the gravity of what Christ has come to do on our behalf. For this is the story for all. Like, not just a few bad guys. Um, the Christmas story is for all. Look at the first half of verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned. Everyone, everyone here this morning has turned. To go their own way, clearly pointing us to the words of Paul in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all gone astray. We've all turned our own way. And I think as a healthy reminder, it's not just you. As if you're the only one struggling with sin, and then everyone else is just like crushing it at Christianity. If you're the only one that has doubts and doesn't want to be told what to do. Isaiah reminds us that the gospel throws us all into the same camp. I struggle with sin. I struggle with doubt. Like, is this even real? I struggle with not being told what, I don't want to be told what to do. 
we all might come from different backgrounds and have different issues. But yeah, we're all in the same boat in the eyes of this holy God. Isaiah 53, 6, Romans 3, 23, they're not meant to be discouraging. And maybe the church has done a poor job in teaching that. Just growing up, you just feel discouraged. It's not meant to be discouraging, but meant to show us reality. Please don't be so arrogant today to think that you're the only one struggling. No, we all are. We all fall short. We all have a story littered with sin and disappointment. And yet, the end of verse 6 shows us the weight of grace. The prophet declares, The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. See, Christ doesn't just forgive our sin, although he does. He didn't, God just doesn't forgive our sins through Christ, and then we're good to go. It's not just forgiveness, it's substitution. Christ paid for our sin on the cross. He took our sin on himself and received the wrath of God that was otherwise pointed our way. So your sins aren't just forgiven, they're actually paid for. This is 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that, he, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Alistair Begg, he put it like this, Jesus did not come to live as an example of how to die as a martyr, but as a substitute, taking the place that we deserve in order that we might enjoy what we don't deserve. This is good news. And I, I don't think we think about that enough, that the Christmas story is about our substitute being born. That's the good news. Tuesday night, um, my youngest had a basketball game at Happy Valley Elementary. It was dark outside. I, I missed uh, the turn, and after a few embarrassing amount of U-turns, I uh, made it to this gym, and one of my children did not want to be there. I um, just, just wanted to run around with his friends. I had no part in cheering on his brother. So, um, as a parent, nothing I, I said was working. It was just complaint after complaint after complaint. And eventually I grabbed his arm and said, Look, you're going to stop and behave, or you're not going to get anything for Christmas. Sometimes parents, uh, after they unload a, all of their verbal arsenal of Threats. They just start saying crazy stuff to their kids. And certainly at that point, either like he needed to get himself together or Christmas was canceled. And I do wonder if we think God treats us like that. As if God has a list that he's checking twice. The hope of Christmas is not men and women being good enough for God. The hope of Christmas is that Christ has been born to die on our behalf. We don't just need to be forgiven. We need a substitute. We need salvation. It's why Jesus was born. It's what the angel declared in Matthew 1, verse 21. She will bear a son. 
and you shall call his name Jesus, for he, for he will save his people from their sins. Are you resting in Christ this Christmas? Yeah, not your strength, his. Not your peace, his. Christ Jesus was born to make atonement for your sins. So God rest you in Christ. If you have any questions about the text or, um, or Isaiah 53 so far, I would love to talk to you or pray for you, but let's pray and then we'll sing a closing song together.